you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you turn to two or three people around you and tell them God's in charge. Never seen a battle that was too great for the Lord. Amen, amen. We're glad you're here this morning. I want to link my words with Brother Justin this morning and say welcome to all of our guests that are in the house today and all watching online. God bless you. Thank you for being here today and thank you to this great music team and praise team. Would you give them a great big God bless you, and thank you for leading us in worship today. Amen. Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to read one verse. Matthew 24, verse number 35, and we're going to get into the Word and see what God is going to say to us from His Word this morning. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 35. Jesus declares heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. The word of God is eternal. John declares to us, in the beginning was the word. That word, of course, means plan. In the beginning was the plan of God. And that plan became flesh and dwelled among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. By the help of the Lord this morning, I am going to preach from the title, The Unchanging Plan of God. The Unchanging Plan of God. Aren't you glad that God's got a plan that is never going to change? Come on, give him praise this morning. Lift up your voice and magnify him with a hand clap. Lord, we thank you for your word. That's never changing. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you in Jesus' name. You can be seated this morning. The unchanging plan of God. In case you can't tell by the tan that is on my face, my family and I were able to spend a few days on the lake. And Friday afternoon, uh, my family and I were all piled in the boat, a little overloaded, and uh, it was hot, and uh, we were just going to cruise around the lake and uh, do some exploring and sightseeing in some new areas of Lake Barkley that uh, we had not been before the day, before, the day earlier on Thursday. Um, we were 
in the water swimming, and we saw a boater waving his arms, and uh, obviously was had problems, and so um, we went over and assisted him, and his uh, boat had broken down, and so we assisted him into uh, shore and uh, gave him about a 20-mile ride uh, into an area of the lake I had never been before, and Gentry and I went and we discovered this this area that we had just never explored. It was such an incredibly beautiful area. And so on Friday, I decided it would be a good thing for us to ride a different direction than we had uh, ridden before. And so I took my family into this, into the, um, really the, the lower end of the lake, which is an area that we normally do not spend any time. And, and I've only been there once or twice. And so we, we, started there, and um, as we went down to the area, uh, as far as I could go, we, we could see something, and somebody said, my word, look look at that giant um, boat or ship or cruise liner that was uh, on up the lake from where we were, and uh, it was a sight that I had never witnessed in the many years, maybe 25 or 26 years of of going there, I had never witnessed anything like this. It was a 300-foot cruise ship on Lake Barkley, and I didn't know that they existed. I, I had no idea. i uh, never seen one, never witnessed one. And um, so uh, everybody quickly voted that we continue on and get closer and, and take a closer look. And um, we had a picture. I meant to have the media team put that on the screen so you could just see uh, this massive, massive ship and several stories high and um, big, beautiful ship in, in this uh, reasonably for that kind of ship, a reasonably small lake and uh, a reasonably narrow channel. And so we, we got a little closer and as we got closer I, I noticed there was kind of a perimeter of boats around it. and, and U.S. Coast Guard, several uh, of the local um, local rescue boats and that sort of thing was surrounding it, and so we stopped, and uh, I didn't want to get any closer, uh, maybe because my boat was slightly a bit overloaded, and I didn't want to get stopped and questioned about it, so we just kind of turned around, and I said, take pictures from here, and uh, so we we left and I did a little investigation and we discovered that American Cruise Lines offers an eight-day cruise from Memphis following through the river system uh, through Lake Barkley and eventually ends in Nashville and uh, and so on this boat there was a hundred and about 173 people that were on board uh, unfortunately their trip did not go as planned the American Jazz was the name of the ship uh, just past its seaworthiness inspection in uh, 2020. It's a bad year for anything to pass inspection. Um, and it passed its seaworthiness inspection and was put in the water. The American Jazz was the name, uh, and it's really a small ship uh, of its type um, owned by American Cruise Line, and it was traveling south on Lake Barkley when... Um, it ran aground, uh, got out of the main channel and ran aground. And the ship apparently, um, and they don't really know yet why, uh, they're still, they're going to spend thousands of dollars trying to figure out why the ship 
ran aground, I could help them with that because it got out of the buoys and ran into shallow water. That's, that's how it happened. But they'll spend a lot of money to arrive at technical terms of how it got there. And um, unfortunately for this 173 people that were on board, as the ship ran into this four to six feet of water and ran aground, um, their trip was, was quickly uh, aborted. They spent more than 50 hours with tugboats uh, working to free the ship, but to no avail. Uh, their only option was to wait for the lake level to rise high enough for the ship to be able to set free under its own power and sail again. When we happened onto the scene, the last of the passengers had just been unloaded. And I, I was not even unaware until I read the news articles and followed up on what had happened. And I saw three uh, large pontoons full of people and they were together and moving toward the marina that was next, uh, located reasonably close to where uh, this all happened. And um, we had passed, I think we passed two or three uh, very large tugboats that, that were leaving the scene uh, just as we were arriving. And little did we know what had happened, that they had spent 50 hours trying to free this ship, but um, uh, to no avail. And what had happened on, uh, at, at this place was um, that, that these, these good people that paid probably uh, large amounts of money to, to go on this trip and took their vacation time and uh, trusted this cruise line and was taking this, this um, river system cruise, their trip fell short because of an unplanned uh, problem. Uh, the plans and the vacations for the passengers were cut short and abruptly changed due to things that were completely out of their control. How often for you and I are our plans derailed and changed due to things that we never anticipated. It was unforeseen. We did not expect it. It just, in a moment, everything changed. Thankfully, in this situation, no one was harmed. And the last report we received, no permanent damage, was caused to the cruise liner. The, the passengers were taken by bus to Nashville where they will arrive a day early to their expected destination. The their problems were not anything permanent. They were simply temporary setbacks. Then yesterday, as we were leaving um, our, our campsite and were headed home, uh, Pastor Danny happened upon a very tragic accident which ended with the apparent loss of life of a 31-year-old man. And he was quite shook up as he talked to me on the phone and shared with me the information. And we talked two or three times on the phone yesterday as he was relaying again and again the, the information that he had and what he knew and what he witnessed and what he saw. In these two separate instances, 
that happened only about 15 miles apart. One incident was a temporary setback, and the other had an eternal end. Our ability, ladies and gentlemen, to distinguish between what is temporary and what is eternal is very important in the grand scheme of life. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What is the apostle saying here? He is declaring to us that there are some things that we go through that are working things for our good. We don't know when we deal with certain things and certain issues we go through and we say, oh, woe is me, but the Lord has something greater in mind. And he is working things for our good and working things for the betterment of our future. Paul says, he goes on to say, while we look at things which are seen, what we're able to see with the finite eye, uh, but we are unable to see the things through the infinite eyes of the Lord. He says, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. What I'm trying to say to you this morning is that our perspective on issues of life often is what I see in the here and now how it affects me today, how it affects my feelings and my emotions today, what I'm dealing with today and the things I'm able to see. The apostle said, allow God to work that for your own good because those things are temporary. But there are some things that you and I are unable to see with our finite eyes. And he says those things that God are able to see are working for an eternal good for you and I. Some things God is doing to try to save us. Some things God is doing to try to perfect us. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Whether you realize it or not, God has a plan for your life. Every person in this room today, God has a plan for your life. God is working things for your good. He has a purpose for everything that you go through. I don't believe that there are things in life that just happen. The Bible, the Bible gives us some insight into, into how that we must approach some of the things that happen in life. Just because you change or walk away or ignore it or refuse it, it doesn't really matter because God's plan is still working in your life. Let me help you this morning for a few moments to explain to you that the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Let me help you this morning to understand that man chooses his path, but God directs his footsteps. Am I in the word of God this morning? Man chooses his path, God directs his footsteps. 
the path of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delighteth in his way. In other words, God gives us the latitude to be able to choose the steps we're going to take, to choose directions in our life. God gives us the ability to be able to choose the path that we're going to walk down. But as we're walking down that path, God, when we don't even know it sometimes, ordering our steps. We think, oh my goodness, well how in the world, why did God allow me to get here? Because God allows you the free will choice of choosing your path. But he says, while you may even choose the wrong path, I'm going to take my hands on your ankles and I'm going to place them somewhere. You think you just bumped into somebody, but God said, I ordered that in your life. You think you just happened to show up to church this morning, but God said, I ordered that step today. I'm ordering that step tomorrow. I'm putting that step where it needs to be. Whether you choose the right path or the wrong, God is saying, I'm working because you're seeing the temporal. But God's saying, I'm working it for your good. I wish the whole church was here this morning because there's some I'd like to speak to specifically. I told somebody this week that they did the right thing but making a very hard decision but making the right decision. Let me tell you this morning that sometimes we look and it seems hard because we're looking in the here and now but God has a plan that is looking into our future, looking down the road and he says I'm going to bless you greater than what you could ever imagine imagine. I'll give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that today. (laughs) Besides the plan of God, everything else in life is temporal. Trouble, struggles, tests, trials, pain, sickness, it's all temporal. But the plan of God is unchanging in our lives. God uses the temporal often to bring about the eternal. He allows us to go through things to help position us for where he wants us to go. He allows us to make choices to walk down the wrong roads. And he allows us to go through the heartache and the pain of it to where we will make a decision that we want to correct our path. The question was raised, why does God allow the devil to buffet us through afflictions? Why does God allow us to go through some of the things that we go through? First of all, Satan, God allows Satan to buffet us because he has confidence in us that we, like Job, will not fail him because of our afflictions. Let me make that clear to you. God has confidence that you can go through it. We asked God to take us around it, but God said, no, I have confidence that you can go through it. And I'm going to give you a testimony. You have no testimony if God delivers you from it. The testimony is when you make it through it. <laughs> I, I've, I've often talked about people who, who can say that they've been to the top of Pike's Peak and they got there by helicopter. It's just not the same as someone who climbed up the mountain. See, it's one thing for somebody to to make it it through 
that's never been through anything. We pray for God to deliver us from it. God, just take it away from us. God, just move me from, from here to there without any issues. Let me say to you this morning, if you haven't figured this out, all right, life is a few days and full of trouble, James says. The only blessing out of that whole verse is that it's just a few days. Because life's full of trouble. But it's only a few days. That means it's temporary. It is temporal. But God is trying to work the eternal into us. The reason Job didn't fail God was because, first of all, Job was in a constant state of intercession. Number two, he maintained an attitude of pursuing righteousness. Number three, he was diligent in avoiding evil. Listen, Job did not have a good support system. They all died, and the woman he was married to said, Curse God and die with the rest. Yet he made it through. So when we get in it and feel like there's nobody on our side, look to Job. He didn't have anybody but God on his side. But if God be for us, but if God be for us, who can be against us? I've never really understood why we allow temporal things in life to rob us of our joy, our peace, and our contentment. Let me say to you this morning, there are so many people that I know in life that allow little small things to rob them of their joy. Why don't you just, why don't you just smile at your neighbor right now? Just smile like you're up to something. Let me tell you what that smile, that smile can be contagious. That smile can be contagious. Somebody said a man is never truly fully dressed and ready to go into public until he has put on his smile. Because that smile may speak louder. Your countenance may speak louder than everything else about you. But so many people allow little things that happen to them to rob them of their joy. When I was in business for myself several years ago, I did a little project for, for uh, some folks and they called me and they were well to do. And I showed up to their home and they were just devastated because their basement was flooded with water and um, they had told me how terrible it was and that um, they were losing everything and they needed me to get there quickly and it was an emergency and I get there and um, they opened the door to take me down in the basement and I'm like, do I need to get my boots? And they said, well, probably not. And so we walked down through their white carpet and to the basement and through into a door and they opened a room and in the corner of a room was a little damp spot on the carpet. And the lady broke down and just started crying like you had taken her birthday away. And she, she was just, she, she was just, we're losing everything. We've got to have, and she was going on. And I looked at her and I said, I, I got to tell you, it's a Saturday and I normally don't work on Saturdays. And I came out because you told me this was an emergency. I, I've been around emergencies. This is not an emergency. And the more that I tried to describe to her that I was going to come back and talk to her on Monday, the more upset she became and the more she began to cry and throw a fit 
because she was her whole house was about to go down the tubes. And so I gave her the options of how to fix it, and she decided that she wanted me to do a project that Brother Newcomer calls the nuclear solution. We blew up the whole outside, the whole yard. I should have known before I got into it. She was gone the day I started. She showed back up. Shrubs were torn out. Giant hole that you could sink a bus in was dug. And you can only imagine the kind of fit that she threw. My yard will never be the same again. She was so caught up in little temporary temporal things. I'll go ahead and finish the story. In 17 years of businesses, of business, I had three people that didn't pay me. They were one of them. Let me move on. How we respond to little things. Imagine what happens when real tragedy comes. I believe I read a story in, in the Bible where it said something like this. If you can't run with the footman when things are well, how will you deal with chariots and horsemen in the day of battle? Or if you can't, if you can't handle the small things in life, it says something like this. How will you deal with the swelling of the Jordan? If you can't deal with small things, how will you deal with the big things? Let's stop for a moment and look at where we are in life and start realizing how blessed we are. This week, I was, Dylan and Kayla and Annette and I were driving and we drove through some neighborhoods that we could just, I, I had to repent. I actually told them, I said, I need to repent. I'm driving through these neighborhoods with homes that cost literally millions of dollars. And we were stopping, and they probably thought that we were going to come back and rob them because we were trying to, I think they were taking pictures of even some of the homes. And we're driving through these neighborhoods and taking pictures and looking and, and getting just ooing and ah, and oh, that's, that's the one I'd like to have right there, and this is the one I'd like to have. And as I began driving out, I said, should we stop right now and pray? I feel like I need to repent. Because I am in here envious of somebody over their two or three million dollar lake home when we are so incredibly blessed. And so I started mentioning all the ways that we're blessed. My wife was riding in the vehicle with me with her health and with strength. That enough ought to say, thank God. All three of my sons are involved in ministry this morning and are serving God. That ought to be enough. God's given me a great family, a great church family, a house and food and too much food. He's blessed me beyond measure, but yet we start looking at temporary, temporal things and start saying, oh, look at this. And when the smallest of plans change in our life, our life just blows up. Listen, I come this morning to tell you there are some things that are really important, and those things are connected to the plan of God, and they are the eternal plan. They are the plan that will lead you to a place of salvation, a place of hope, a place of peace, a place that is eternal. This world is not our home. 
So trials come. Do you ever notice that the Bible said that, said of the children of Israel, that God suffered them to hunger? God, it's the way the King James Version says it. God suffered them to hunger. Meaning that God let them get hungry, let them get thirsty, let them get into tight places, let them get into times of distress and discomfort. Because God had a plan that was greater than that plan. Am I talking to anybody today that knows sometimes we get ourselves into trouble? God will let you get hungry. He will let you get in a place with your back against the wall. He will let you stand before the Red Sea with an Egyptian army coming behind you. He will let you go into the fiery furnace. He will let you spend the night in a den with hungry lions. He will let you wait before he fulfills your promise. Why does God allow all of this to happen so he can prove our faith, put our faith to the test and reveal to us what is really in our hearts. I'm really preaching about heart matters this morning because God is looking at us saying, I want to know what is in your heart. The good news is, is that everything in this life is just temporal. It's just for a while. It's just for a season. It only lasts for a specific period of time. The Word of God says, to do the good at thy latter end. It's speaking of that which is eternal. It's all the things that we do here, all the things we tolerate here, all the things we put up with here, preparing us for what is on the other side. I came to tell somebody this morning that what is going on in your life will not last always. The storm don't last always. The emotional battle isn't eternal. The financial struggle isn't eternal. The sickness isn't eternal. The job that makes you miserable isn't eternal. The problem that makes you cry isn't eternal. The pain of betrayal and deception isn't eternal. Listen, pain is temporal, but quitting is eternal. Somebody's got to make up their mind. I'm going to put my feet in on a solid rock and stand and declare, I am standing for God's plan, eternal plan, and I will hold out until the end. You may be crying over it today, but you'll be smiling over it in a little while. You may have come in broke today, but you'll have more than enough in a while. Your body may be in pain this morning, but healing is on the way. You may be walking through the valley today, but victory is in your future. You may be going through it today, but I've already told you it's only temporal. It's just temporary. God has an eternal plan that is unchanging for your life and your future. Life is full of temporary inconveniences. Nobody enjoys them, but there's a positive side because it, it causes us to realize that life is so much better. Life is so much better when we get out the other side. The wilderness was never designed to be a fun place for the children of Israel. 
It wasn't supposed to be comfortable or enjoyable. It, wasn't, it was supposed to be difficult and undesirable. It was supposed to be hot during the day and freezing cold at night. It was supposed to be, have, the ground was supposed to be hard. They were supposed to get hungry and thirsty. They were supposed to hate the wilderness and find it undesirable. They were supposed to hate being surrounded but deadly and poisonous snakes and scorpions. It was the wilderness. Hey, you and I get so caught up, most of our prayers start being in the blessings here. God, give me better clothes. Give me a better car. Give me a better house. Give me a better job. Give me more money. Give me more to make this place, make the temporary, make the temporal better. Hey, I come this morning to tell you we need to lift our eyes off of where we are and thank God for every breath and every day he gives us and begin to look on that world which is on the other side, on the eternal. Begin to look on that day when he's going to call us home. Everything we go through now will be worth it all when we get over there. Maybe God wants us to hate this life here to a point that we will long for the promised land. The problem was the children of Israel got adjusted to a wilderness mentality. They got comfortable just getting by, satisfied with just enough, just enough gas in the car, just enough to keep the lights on, just enough to survive, just enough peace to keep our sanity, but not enough to rest through the night, just enough faith to say I'll go to heaven when I die, but not enough to believe that I can walk in divine health here and now. Yes, God gave them just enough. God gave them manna from heaven, water from the rock, clothes that didn't wear out, shoes that didn't wear out, but all of this was just provision for the journey in the temporal. It wasn't designed to sustain them through eternity. It was designed to, to, to sustain them until they could get into the promised land. They were supposed to transition from just enough into the promised land of more than enough. I don't know if I'm reaching to anybody this morning, but I'm trying to tell you, that trying to help somebody understand that just because the world is changing around you does not mean that God's plan has changed for your life. He has brought salvation to you. He has brought deliverance to you. He's wanting deliver, to deliver you from this world. He doesn't want to make your life so perfect in this world that you want to cling to this world. As a matter of fact, he tells us, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We need to get homesick for a country that is not in the here and now. We need to begin looking. I hear the Spirit speaking to the church today saying, get in step with God's plan. Get your eye off of your temporary feelings. Get your eye off of your emotions for today. And get your eyes on the prize that is set before us. I won't be much longer. I believe God is speaking to the church today to not forget that your trials are temporary. There is a promise that is still coming. Somebody needs to remind yourself that your trouble is just temporarily, temporary. You're not really stuck here. 
Somebody needs to just say, I refuse to be stuck where I am. God is calling me to climb higher. God is calling me. If you've been going through some things in your life, you need to make up your mind. This world is not my home. The Apostle Paul begins to describe it, and he says something like this. He said, once we are born again, he said, we are no more debtors to the flesh. Everybody say, to the temporal. He said, we're no more debtors to the flesh, to live under the commands of the flesh. That means the desires of the flesh are holding you captive. My wife talked to somebody this week, and they were talking to her about their decisions and how that they had lost control of their life. You know why? Because they began to cling to the things of this world. There is a point that we've got to let go of the things of this world. There is a world that is coming. There is another side that is to hope for. There is a plan that God has for your life. He has come to deliver you, to set you free. He's come to give you joy unspeakable. He's come to give you life and life more abundantly. He's come to give you hope that is so far beyond this veil of tears. God has prepared a place for us that eye has not seen and ears has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for us. What we're dealing with here are just light afflictions and it's just for a moment. It's just temporary. But I come today to tell you that God has a plan on the other side. Come on, somebody needs to get some praise in your spirit this morning. You need to get some thanksgiving in your spirit. The pain you feel in your body may be unto death, but I come today to tell you that death cannot hold the child of God, but we have a hope that is beyond this world. We have a hope that is beyond this veil of tears. We have a hope on the other side. We have a hope, and I'm going to cling to God's plan and cling to his purpose and know that day is coming. Oh, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, somebody ought to give God praise this morning. Come on, push through your feeling and just clap your hands. Push through those emotions today and lift up your voice and just magnify him. God's plan is imperishable. It is unchanging. He hasn't forgotten you. He is still with you. He is fighting for you. The Bible said weeping may endure but for a night. But joy comes in the morning. I'm closing. Come to the music if you would. Job, the scripture said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver them out of them all. Job, Job had troubles and pain. It was for a nine-month period of his life, but God gave him double for his trouble. God had a, a, a higher plan. When the enemy is hitting you and attacking you, Attacking your body, your home, your family, your finances, your mind, your ministry. You need to just stop for a moment and say, God is working everything for my good. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. God has a plan that is unchanging for your life. Stand with me all over this room if you would. It may not be what you're feeling right now. I'm not talking about feelings. We have gotten so accustomed, even our church services have gotten so caught up into feeling. 
What did it feel like? What emotions are you feeling? Romans 8 and 28 said, And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. It doesn't say for we feel that. People who live by feelings are going to be an emotional roller coaster. But when you by faith can know, everybody say, I know. When you by faith know that the plan of God has not changed. When he put hope in you, when he spoke life into you, his plan for you did not change. You may have taken the wrong path. You may have gone the wrong direction. You may have taken a detour. You may have dealt with things that you brought on yourself. You may have dealt with things that others brought on you that were out of your control. It doesn't matter. It's all temporary. But God has a plan. And this morning I believe that God wants to bridge that gap between heaven and humanity. And He did so at the cross of Calvary when He gave opportunity for you and I to come to the foot of the cross and ask for His forgiveness. To fall at His feet and cry out to Him for help and hope and deliverance. And He will restore that broken relationship with humanity because His plan was to have right relationship with human humanity from the very beginning of time. His plan never changed. Sin broke that relationship, but God made a way. Hebrews said it was a better way. He came to give opportunity. He came to give hope. And he's offering that hope to you this morning. If you're in this house and you have never been born again of the water and of the Spirit, I say to you today, you need to get in alignment with what God is doing. You need to be born again. You need to repent of your sins. If you've never repented, you need to repent of your sins today. God's plan for you is to forgive you and to help you. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, this would be a good day to make a decision and declare, I'm going to start afresh and anew. The Bible said that when you go down in water baptism, calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that your sins are remitted or removed and they're washed away to never be remembered again. And when you come out of that water, you come with a promise of the infilling of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It is the power. It is the, it is the hope of glory. It is the power to live in this sinful world, yet live above sin. He's here for you today, and He's reaching for you. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. People all over the room are praying right now. God is calling you. Can you see yourself blessed? Can you see yourself healed? Do you see your children saved? Do you see your life restored? Do you see your, your anointing coming? Do you see your finances being blessed? The things that you're seeing with your natural eye are temporal. They're subject to change. But God's plan is unchanging. Doesn't matter what background you came from. Doesn't matter what direction you've been walking. I stopped by today to tell you it's all just temporary. God has a perfect plan for you. And he's reaching for you today to ask you, would you get in alignment with his plan? And would you allow him to let it unfold in your life? I invite you, I open these altars, invite you to come to the front of this room this morning.